Therapy Musings Joys Sorrows Anxiety Bipolar 2 Disordered Eating Poetry Journaling Raging Words Stuff and Things The gut-wrenching, frightening, exhilarating work of self-care Welcome to a Perfect Disaster Hi, everybody. Uh, Happy Monday. It is a Monday as I record this. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance for any hoarseness or coughing that happens during this episode. I either have a chest cold or I am coming down with corona. I'm going to assume it's the first one. Um, But yeah, so start of another week. Um, I am starting off this week... A bit low because again I'm sick with something um, I'm gonna before I get into the, the stuff I actually want to talk about I want to make a, a quick unsponsored plug here I got my first hungry root box they are a delivery service they're not quite blue apron because uh, they provide more meals than just three a week and they're not quite just a plain delivery service. They're kind of a hybrid where they, they, when you set up your profile, they ask you about your food preferences and how you eat throughout the day. And then they start to build you a food profile. And this week I got my first box and I'm so excited. Um, the recipes are like, there's a recipe for a flatbread and um, ravioli, which I'm super excited about. Um, they sent me a couple of snacks and like a protein shake. So it's, I'm really excited because this is a thing that I don't talk about quite as often as all of my depression issues, but I have suffered from disordered eating since I was 15 or so. Like not, not a definable eating disorder like anorexia or bulimia, but I have a a very not good relationship with food. And I'm hoping that using this weekly grocery delivery service is going to help me uh, address those issues. I'm hoping that my body doesn't go into shock when I eat vegetables today. (laughs) Um, We'll see. But yeah, I'm one of the things that I'm doing for 2021 is starting to take control of and start to hopefully address and fix my my eating issues and hungry root of all of the delivery services that I have researched and the few that I've tried hungry root looks like the best one to match my specific needs so here's hoping and now that I have that unsponsored plug out of the way uh let me ramble about my week you know that thing that therapists do when they ask you a really good and insightful question that kind of cuts through all of your bullshit and makes you face the actual thing that you're trying not to face? Why do I pay this woman to do this to me? Why is she so damn good at her job? It's infuriating. So yeah, that's where I am right now. (laughs) Um, I was talking with my therapist about some stuff um, stuff related to, um, 
how do I say this without going into too much stuff that is kind of confidential and not my story to tell. Um, I was talking to my therapist about some life choices that had been made by people I know and choices that I felt were incredibly limiting. Um, Things like, you know, why didn't you go for that promotion or why didn't you try moving to a bigger city with more opportunities? Stuff like that. And my therapist let me go through that whole rant and it was a rant, lasted a good 10 minutes or so. And then she looked at me through the camera and asked me, so while you're saying all of this, are you finding parallels in your own life? Are you finding places where you are feeling limited? God damn it, woman. I know I pay you to be insightful and helpful, but why are you being insightful and helpful right now? I didn't want to face that. So yeah, I got kind of bitch slapped in the face with, so what ways are you feeling limited right now, Rox? Like, what, what about those life situations is resonating so much with you that you just spent 10 minutes ranting at me about it? I hate it when my therapist is good at her job. <laughs> and I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but my friend Eileen and I have mentioned this a couple of times. We have therapy therapy sessions where we bitch about our therapists being really good at their jobs. And this is one of those times where my therapist is really good at her job. So yeah, COVID and quarantine is kind of facing, is kind of forcing me to face ways that I feel like it's time to break out of the cocoon and, and ways that I feel limited in my life and things that I want to change. And it's really easy to speak to that sort of limitation in a professional setting, right? Like, it's really easy to say, I no longer feel that challenged by my job. I think I have grown just about as much as I can in my current position. I know from doing research, I can make more money doing this somewhere else. I can make double my salary if I do this job elsewhere in the city. So I've been thinking about that recently. And before COVID hit, my therapist and I were kind of slowly building a five-year plan for me. And that in and of itself, that's a change. Um, I've spent the past several years of my life really not thinking about the future or what I want to do or you know, what comes next. I've been not exactly stagnating, but I have kind of just been drifting. I haven't had specific plans of, okay, this is what I'm doing next. Um, I, I kind of felt that way kind of ever since I came to Chicago. And coming back to Chicago after New York was, A, it was a very strategic decision because it made more financial sense and more like mental health sense to be closer to my family, to be in a city that was not as expensive as, as New York, a place that in weird ways had more opportunities for me than New York did. Um, one of the things about theater, it's really nepotistic. I don't know if that's a word. I'm making it a word now, but theater is all about who you know and who can give you recommendations and who can help you get a foot in the door. 
and I had many more connections in Chicago than I did in New York. So in that sense, uh, theater has been way easier here. Um, one of the many reasons why I never want to leave Chicago. But in a day job setting, I haven't really aimed very high. It's always been a thought of, I need some sort of stable job that will pay my rent and my bills, someplace with health insurance so that I can be in therapy and get my medications. But that's kind of all of the ambition that I've had for a day job. And my focus has really been on, let me build my reputation in the storefront theater scene. Well, um, I've done that. I've been in Chicago since 2013. Oh my God, I've been here a long time. And I now have a really good reputation in the storefront theater scene. Thanks, friends. I appreciate all of you for, for pushing my name and, and saying that I'm the best stage manager in the world. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, in a professional setting, I haven't pushed myself. Maybe ever. I've kind of always gravitated towards office jobs that, you know, I'm, I'm good at that sort of administrative office-y stuff, so I'm not complaining about that. But... The most that I've actually pushed myself is this current job that I'm in. Um, because instead of just straight like office administration, this is event planning. So this is a lot more, you know, coordinating with vendors and a lot of customer service and sales skills. And God, I hate being a salesperson, but um, I've pushed myself a lot more in this job. And I've, in the four, almost five years that I've done this job, I've come to find out I really like it. Event planning is right up my alley. It's, it uses all of my stage management skills and I find it enjoyable and it's something that I have become really good at. But I haven't pushed myself really in the past, especially not in the past year because COVID, but in the past couple of years, like I've gotten really settled into okay, this is what I do with this job. These are my responsibilities. I know what I'm doing. I don't feel especially challenged most of the time. Like there's always, there's always those one-off events that involve coordination with like everybody in the seminary. <laughs> so those events are still challenging, but like the day-to-day -day of my job is not challenging. Like I, I got that shit. So I was starting to think about this and because of COVID, like my, my actual job has been put on hold. Like obviously no one is hosting events. Our space cannot accommodate events right now. So that part of my job has really disappeared. And while I have been given tasks to maintain my status of employment, like fucking Zoom, I am now everybody's go-to Zoom administrator, which, okay, fine. It's not like it's hard. I'm happy to have something to do with my time. But also, I'm getting so sick of running Zooms, y'all. But besides those skills, I've, I've spent almost all of quarantine focusing on professional development. Like, um, things like my soft skills, emotional intelligence how to have a commanding presence and how to up your visibility in your organization and stuff and things. All of which is really great. 
And through all of that work and through webinars that I've attended and networking that I've done, I'm finally learning how to use LinkedIn. Like I've had a LinkedIn profile since I came to Chicago, but this is the first year that I've really started to understand how it works. So in networking with, with other professionals and in doing webinars and in developing these skills, I ran across this professional certification. It's called the Certified Meeting Planner Certification. And it's it's internationally recognized as a sign of excellence and expertise. And as I was sitting here researching this program, I kind of got hit by the sense that this is the first thing that I have wanted in a long time. Because like I said, the past several years, I've been not drifting, but I've been like, I've been remaining comfortable and not really pushing myself and not dreaming big. But this certification, it's the first thing that has gotten me really excited about my professional life in a long time. It's the first thing that I want in terms of pushing myself and angling for a better job. And it's the, it's the first thing that feels like an action step on my five-year plan. That's what I was talking about a minute ago. I started rambling and I forgot where I was going with this. But so before COVID, my therapist and I were talking about a five-year plan. Like, what are the things that I want? Where do I want to go? Have some goals so I'm not just like drifting through life for the next several years. And one of the things that I said for this five-year plan was... You know, I think I've gone about as far as I can in my current job. Somewhere in the next five years, I think it's time to to look for the next step up. And for a while, I was thinking, you know, maybe the next step up is is more on the administrative side. Like maybe I want to look at being an executive assistant or maybe someone's personal assistant, utilizing all of my stage management organization skills. But then after thinking about it some more, I realized, you know, no, no, I would rather go the event planning route. Right now, my job is, it's really venue management. It's not quite event planning. And I'm good at venue management. But I think I would prefer to expand those skills and, and get more involved in, you know, not just organizing the the venue, but also guiding couples through the process of planning a wedding or, you know, helping someone put together a really beautiful baby shower. And I haven't quite decided, and I don't think I need to, I haven't quite decided if I'm looking more for the wedding side of things, or if I'm looking kind of what I'm doing right now, like, I have this venue, I can help you plan your event, um, but I don't take on the whole shebangle. I don't, I don't know which one I want to do yet. That's what, that's what job interviews and research is for. But yeah, so my therapist w- this week was asking, so where are you feeling stuck? Where are you feeling stagnated and limited? And that was my first thought of, I really am getting ready to, to not be in this job anymore. In the past, I've kind of 
ridden a job through the very end. Um, you know, whether that means I stayed working at this burger place in New York until the place actually closed, or I worked a sales job until I literally started having a stomach ulcer because the thought of going into work made me so anxious and upset. That job, incidentally, was how I learned that I don't like doing sales for commission. It it makes me way too anxious and I can't do that sort of performance pressure. Um, and then my last job, I was an administrative assistant at a municipal financial services firm. Several years later, I still barely understand what that firm did. <laughs> um, that job was like all administrative stuff. It was, it was editing reports and filing paperwork and a lot more editing reports, which I got really good at. But after three years at that job, I was losing my mind with boredom and there was no growth opportunities. There was no way to elevate through the company. I was just kind of stuck there. So getting the offer from Shauna, hey, come work at this place with me. That was a breath of fresh air. And here in this current job, I have expanded my responsibilities and I have grown and learned a lot of new stuff. And that's been great. But like I said, I've kind of hit the ceiling. Like once again, not really any growth opportunities. The way the place is structured, I'm not going to get anything else out of this job. So I'm starting to look at my five-year plan and say, okay, when do I want to start looking for a new job? Obviously, COVID has thrown a wrench into everything. But also, COVID has kind of given me this weird gift in that I've had all of this time for professional development, for you know, finding like networking and going to webinars, and once again, finding this certification that I really want. I think that having this certification is going to give me additional training that I need. It's going to, obviously, it's going to up my prestige and help me get additional jobs. And I was in the course of doing this research, I saw that the average uh, salary for someone with this certification is like $70,000. I saw that number and my mind blew. I can't even imagine what I would do with my life if I had $70,000 of annual income. That's just, that's a lot. And the thought of, like I said, the thought of getting this certification and going for a new job is really exciting. And it's something that I want to pursue. So last week I typed up this proposal and did all of this background research and put together like, so this is what this is. This is where this certification comes from. This is the process of getting the certification. This is why I think it's a benefit. And I sent that off to my supervisor and my VP. I haven't heard back yet. I'm hopeful that they will see it as, as a really useful thing because I mean, it bumps their prestige too if they have someone with this certification. So maybe we'll see. But like, for those of you watching this on YouTube, like I'm animated right now. I'm really, I, I am so excited at the possibility of getting this certification. 
And it feels good to have that level of excitement about something in my life that's not theater. (laughs) I don't want to discount theater. I'm still, I am an addict who is going through severe withdrawal right now. I am dying to do theater and theater excites me more than anything in the world. But the thought of getting this certification and of kind of not pivoting, but taking a a swerve, excuse me, taking a swerve in my career and actually making it a career, not just a job. That's really exciting to me. And I like having things to be excited about, especially now. Fuck COVID. I need something to be happy about. So I have a, I have a new delivery service that I'm really happy about and that I hope will actually help me address some of my food issues. I have this certification that will help me in a career. I've not thought of a career before y'all like career was always what theater was. And then my day job was just the financial security to allow me to have a career in theater. But if I can have a career in theater and also have a career as an event planner, that's the best of both worlds right there. That's awesome. So yeah, I have, I have things to be excited about and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Even, even though it stems from my therapist being infuriatingly good at her job. And I don't just want to babble on about professional stuff because that's not the only reason that I'm in therapy. She asked me, where else do you feel limited? (sighs) Why is she so good at her job? It's not fair. (sighs) So I've been hesitant to frame this question in light of my personal life. Because it's, it is, it's so much easier to shoot off about the professional stuff. Like that's actual, I have concrete steps and goals that I can take right there. Asking me where I feel limited in my personal life is harder. Um, before COVID, I was the most introverted little turtle that you ever would meet. I... I live alone, which is something that I've kind of determined over the years that I need. I need to have my own space. I've lived with roommates before. It was in New York. It was not the greatest of experiences. So when I came to Chicago, I said, that's it. I'm living on my own. I am not doing the roommate thing. And I love living alone. But I have a terrible habit of... Of coming home, closing the door, and that being it. I don't go back out. I don't really go see friends. I just, I go to work and then I come home and I hibernate. And I mean, that's not a terrible thing because I am really introverted and I do need a lot of time to myself to recharge. But now that I've had theater ripped away from me, I'm coming to the realization that theater was my socialization with other humans. And part of the reason why I loved it so much. Theater was where I did people. And I have no theater right now. So I have very limited contact with people. And on the one hand, I'm perfectly fine with having no contact with people because COVID is still real. (laughs) It's still a pandemic. And assuming that I don't have it right now, I do not want to get it because I know me and my luck and that will go very badly for me. However, I miss people. 
I miss... I've never been a huge group outing person, but, you know, going out to coffee with somebody or, you know, just having a night in at their apartment, that sounds lovely. And I've not really done that in ages. So, I mean, right now it's hard to do anything other than be aware of the fact that I miss people because, you know, again, there's a pandemic on. But now that the vaccine is slowly starting to stumble into a rollout and with the promise that things are going to get better, what am I going to do when the vaccine is available and when me and my friends have been vaccinated? Can, can I start like reaching out to people and saying, hi, do you want to hang out? Um, the other thing with that is because so many of my friends are also theater people, it's so hard to sync up schedules with theater people because we are all either in a show or just coming out of a show or we're in rehearsals for a show. So getting all of those schedules to sync is almost impossible, which is why you have so many intense friendships and showmances during the course of a show. And then you go to another show and given the state of Chicago storefront, you're going to meet up with those friends in the next six shows anyway, and you'll pick those friendships right back up. But trying to maintain those friendships outside of being together in a show, really difficult. I found it fascinating to be social media friends with people, um, getting to see their lives through Facebook and having conversations with people on Facebook is really interesting and valuable. So I'm hoping that after COVID, I can find some way to transition into, hi, let's be friends offline too. <laughs> Even though we're, we're going to be doing shows and everything's going to be going crazy. I, I want to be friends. I want to hang out, please. I'm sure that my therapist would want me to talk about a love life. My family would want me to talk about a love life. I maintain now what I've maintained for the past couple of years. Um, I don't think I am in any sort of place right now for a relationship because in my view, a successful relationship means that you have the time and the space and the energy to share equally with another person or persons. If you want to, if you want to do a, a thruple, no judgment, but right now, with my mental health issues and my everything, I don't feel like I have the mental space to give to a partner. And I don't feel like I could be in a reciprocal relationship right now. Um, part of that, I'm sure, is, is related to like mental trauma and, and not trusting people and stuff. And... Um, my pattern in relationships, which is not a topic for this blog. We'll get into it later, maybe. But and love, even thinking about having a love life, just uh, not, not right, not right now. If I didn't know myself better, I would wonder if I was gray ace or, or maybe demi-romantic because it's the thought of romantic relationships is it's a it's a lot it's a lot 
So I, I probably do feel limited in that way, but not enough to do anything about it right now. Right now, let me focus on my career, y'all. <laughs> let me let me focus on on maybe getting my CMP and, you know, getting a new job and eventually getting a new apartment. That's the second thing on my five-year plan is to is to get a new place. But for now, <laughs> professional life is where it's at. Um, so yeah, stay safe, y'all. Stay sane as much as you can during the COVID. And this week, identify a way that you're limiting yourself. It's uncomfortable and it's like I'm sitting with it right now and I want to curl into my little turtle shell thinking about it, but maybe it's time to break out of your cocoon. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop a review on your favorite platform. Remember to follow if you want to journey along with me. And you can connect with me on Facebook under A Perfect Disaster. Stay safe, stay sane, and stay tuned.